Good morning, kingdom. Round two. Round two, kingdom. Technical difficulties. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We bless the name of the Lord. We're going to go ahead and pray again. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just honor you this morning with these things and all that we do, Father. We just give you glory and we praise you, Father. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. God, we thank you for protecting us, Father. And Lord, I ask that you just have your way in this broadcast, God, that you will speak through my uh, through my vocals and think through my mind. And I pray, God, that all that will listen, Father, will be blessed, God, that your word empowers and, and, and enlightens and God bring about a change in our lives that only you yourself can do through your spoken word. And God, we give you honor and praise and we say hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to talk with you today again. Welcome to our broadcast. I am Stephanie McLeod uh, with Kingdom Harvest Worship Center, where the co-pastor is Calvin McLeod Sr. We're located at 1054 Reynolds Pond Road in Aiken, South Carolina. And we have our services on Sundays at 1030 a.m. And uh, we are just thanking God for his tender mercies and love and grace every single day. For we know that without him, we're not able to make it. And we just give him honor where honor is due. Amen. So I want to open up today. I have a, a sermon topic, a, a teaching topic that I want to talk with you today about knowing Jesus as both Christ and Lord. Knowing Jesus as both Christ and Lord. And the times that we're living in right now is very important that we understand and know him as both Christ and Lord and the power that lies in both of his names, the characteristics of his name. There is power in the name of Jesus. And we, we say that and we know that and we believe that. And it's time, church, to just continue to proclaim that because there is power in the name of Jesus. Not in any other name that is named, but there's power in the name of Jesus. So we're living in a generation today where, you know, we have so many distractions going on. Um, so many people are, are vying for, you know, attention, trying to get everyone's attention. The enemy is very good at distracting. And we've been distracted a lot, you know, over the last few seasons, even in the church. The church has been distracted away from, you know, Jesus, the name of Jesus, and knowing him as both Christ and Lord. So I just want to take time today as we are all having to pull back and reflect and remind of the power of the name of Jesus, the power uh, of knowing him as both Christ and knowing him as Lord, because that is who he is. Amen. Because when we get our eyes off of the word of God, the promises of God, who he is, you know, we can easily just just uh, walk into uh, areas of fear and and um, just just you know have a moment where where we just you know feel like okay we we don't know what's going to happen but I want to just rest everyone in the comfort of the word today I want to just uh, encourage you with the word today and I want to tell you and give you what I heard in my spirit this week concerning uh, where we are as a church and where we're moving to. Amen. So I just want to say, we want to open up with 2 Timothy again, going to chapter 4. If you don't have your Bible, please write these uh, truths down so that you can go and put them before your eyes and, uh, know, and let them settle in your heart so that you will know what God is saying and remember them that when the attacks come, that you yourself will have comfort in knowing what the promises of God um, uh, promises of God to you and to me. Amen. So, um, uh, second Timothy four and three, the word of the Lord reads that, um, for the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine. Um, we're living in a time now where, you know, people don't want to take time to, to hear the word of God. They, you know, they want a, a drive through, give me a quick, I don't, you know, I don't need all that. It don't take all that. But let me tell you, it takes that and it takes more. The word of God has to be settled in your heart. The word of God has to be uh, exercised by faith. So we are living in this time right now where we people are not tolerating sound doctrine and accurate instructions. 
Um, the Amplified says that people are not tolerating the challenges, uh, what challenges them in God's truth. Um, many times, you know, people don't want to be challenged by truth. They just want to be, you know, mesmerized, entertained. Um, but the truth, you know, the word says that, you know, we have to stay in the truth and, and then we are to actively do what the word says. And, you know, in doing so that we make our way, the, the truth makes us free. But this is, this is a continuation in the Amplified, but wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing. You know, that word is too hard. That word is too harsh. Oh, you are all in my business. No, we're not in your business. But the word of God is here to challenge us, to awaken us, and to change us so that we can continue to grow. Now, we have been made righteous. We are the righteousness of, of, of God by faith in Jesus Christ. But this, this, this earth suit it, it still faces challenges. And the Word of God and the Spirit of God inside of us, when we submit and surrender to the leading of both, to the surrendering of both, then what happens is we begin to exercise what the Word says and then, and then our lives begin to, be, begin to be transformed. Our mind begins to be, get renewed. So we can't run away from God's word, God's truth, and think that we're going to bring about true transformation that the word says that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So people are running from God's truth. They're wanting uh, their ears to be tickled with something pleasing. Um, they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after uh, the other, um, one after another chosen to satisfy our own desires and to support the error that we hold. To support the error that we hold. And the word of God is always the, going to be the truth, the foundation of everything and anything. So, so again, our flesh is... Uh, our flesh is icky, uh, itchy. It want to be tickled, and it doesn't always want to uh, to die to the things um, that will. Basically, the wages of sin is death, and so when we continue to allow the flesh to lead, um, guess what's going to happen? It separates us from the truth of God, from the knowledge of God, from the power of God, from, because the word of God is the power of God. And verse 4 reads, And they will turn their ears away from the truth and will wander off into myths and man-made fictions that will, and, and will accept the unacceptable. They will turn away from God and turn away to myths, man-made deceptions. There's a lot of deceptions that's happening in the earth today. There's a lot of deceptions that are coming because, you know, frankly, a lot of times, you know, we, you know, membership is, is it's on the forefront of, of a lot of preachers' mind, but the Word of God has to be on the forefront because we're preaching to the souls. We're saving lives. God knows how to add to His church, and the only way that the church is added to by the truth of the Word of God being being preached and proclaimed. You know, God's Word has to be proclaimed among uh, above. Uh, forefront, not behind, not after, not a second thought, but it has to be the first, the first thing. So the generation that we're living in today, we all have to know that it is our position to be participants of the word that we hear. We got to participate actively in the word of God. So when we go into our church houses on Sunday, when we're reading the word of God in our study, when we're reading the word of God in our quiet time, that word has to be activated in you. And it's activated in you by faith in what the word says. It's activated in you. The word of God in, in Hebrews 4 and 12 tells us that the word of God is living and is active. God's word is living. God's word is active. God's word is powerful. So you have to act on the word for these words to become beneficial to you. We act on the word through our faith. We act on the word to surrendering to the word, to denying ourselves, to denying our flesh. We, do, we, we are active when we find the truth in God's word and we put that 
before everything else. So amplifiers also say God's word uh, makes operative. It energizes. It also says that God's word is effective. God's word is effective. When, when we participate in God's word, by faith in that word, what happens is our lives begin to change. Our lives begin to change. You know, it, it is not a quick, instantaneous change that comes about all the time. This is not a drive-through, but this is a constant, um, active act of our faith where we're saying, God, I believe your word. Your word is settled in the heaven. You know, it even tells us, God's word tells us that he even watches over his word to perform it. So he watches over his word to perform it. And when he's watching over it, he's waiting for you to say it back to him so that you can charge the angels that they can bring about the things that you believe the word of God to come to uh, pass in your life with. So God's word is a word that is active. His word is a word that is changing. And his word is a word that saves. His word is a word that is powerful. And his word saves souls. His word saves souls. It, it, it gets you out of a place to, you know, your mind, brain, your emotions, your intellect, where, you know, those things, again, we, we are human. We have them, but we can't place our feelings above what the word of God says. As we're getting ready to um, uh, celebrate the Resurrection Sunday, they, I can't think of a more better time to talk about the crucified Christ, knowing him in his crucifixion and the power of the Christ. You know, we, we have, you know, know to, to, to just be honest that there's been many distractions that now the resurrection Sunday is, is not being preached about the power of God, about the power of the cross, about the power of the bird, uh, of the, the, of the power of the blood, but it's about little bird, a little chick, you know, little egg, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the pastel colors and, and, you know, the Easter outfit and, and, and you know, the ham dinner. But we got to get back to preaching the power of the crucified Christ, getting back to preaching the power of the resurrected Christ, because that's what saved souls. You know, it's not about, you know, okay, let's see how many we can invite on just that Sunday. We want them to come that Sunday, but we want their lives to be saved. We want their lives to be changed, their thinking to be changed, and it can't happen outside of the preached word of God. We got to preach the word in season. We got to preach the word out of season. And that's what Paul told Timothy. He said, you got to have a ready word. You got to preach Christ. You got to preach Christ. Preach him and him crucified. Hallelujah. We got to preach him. We can't be preaching to people's feelings because our feelings are fickle and people are dying today. They're dying to hear a word of God. They're dying to for their lives to be changed. They know that there are things that we're struggling with and it's like, God, I need help. I need help. And you know, when we go and we hear the word of God, that should be settling in our souls. That should bring a settlement in our souls. Because God is everything we need. So for Resurrection Sunday, you know, we can't reduce it down to an egg or a bunny or all those things that I named before. It's about souls. It's about winning the souls by preaching the crucifixion. The crucifixion has to be preached like Paul did in the book of Acts in chapter 2. He preached Christ crucified. And when he preached Christ crucified, over 3,000 were added to the church. Paul didn't preach out of his eloquence. Paul didn't preach out of his, you know, they're, they're, they're good uh, orators today, but that can't save you because you know what I, what I've seen in the body of Christ. I see we running after, you know, we're running after the impressions of, of men and, and women and idols, but we have to keep running for God, for God and, and, and seeking him because what happens is, you know, we, we go and we get our attention on a man or woman of God who's preaching. But let me tell you what, the enemy is not mad with you when you do that. But the minute they fall or fail, because we are all striving in this walk that we have with Christ. We are all being perfected in this walk, in this walk that we have with Christ. But the enemy wants you to take your focus of Christ as Lord and Savior and focus on, on the personality of the person bringing in the word. But the person bringing the word like myself, you know, it's empty if it's not with the power, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit 
that that awakens the word and shaking the word it's not about the personality of the person who's bringing the word we we, we got to stop seeking after the things that are temporal but the word of god is everlasting you know we got to go about preaching the christ preaching the crucifixion preaching the resurrection because that is what brings about change in a person's life that is what brings that is the keeping power of god because we run out we run out we run out of energy anything we try to do for god in and of ourselves god will let you run out he'll let you keep on saying you're doing this and that for him he'll let you run out but when you get to understand it's him who's working through us that he anoints his word, that it is the power of the Holy Spirit that is awakening the souls. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that is awakening the dead. And that same power is on the inside of us. So when we as people of God participate with God, participate in his word, we'll start seeing life-changing power happening in our own lives first and in the lives of those that we love that we're praying because you pray the word of God over them. Pray the word of God over them. He will watch over it. He will bring about those that you think in your family won't get saved because, you know, the, the addictions have had them longer than you want them to have them. But pray the word of God. Pray God's word over them for deliverance to take place. Bind the enemy. Bind the enemy of addiction. Bind the enemy of oppression. Bind everything that you see operating in their lives. Plead the blood of Jesus over them, that life-saving blood in the name of Jesus. And when we talk about Christ, I want to talk about Christ being crucified. Because I'm talking about today knowing Jesus as both uh, Christ and Lord. There's power in knowing him. When the word, the definition for, for being crucified is to put uh, to, to death by nailing. This was not a glamorous uh, or, or in any kind of way um, um, uh, 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 act. You know, I, I think about the day how, again, we try to, you know, we, we want to see all things shiny and, and silver and, and glittery. And, you know, you want to see all this fine external thing. But God is doing a work on the inside of all of us. So Christ, in him being crucified, he, he put to death the sins. He put to death the sins of the world. He nailed the sins to the cross for all, for all, not just those that attend church with you, but for all, for that crackhead, for those that, you know, that, that you've been praying for, for a while. See, God knows, and he knew that, 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 whatever we're in, or you're in, or you're still stuck in, he knew that you would need that power of that cross. So Jesus came and became a, a, a sin offering for all of us, that, that the power of sin, because sin has a power, and that the power of death can be, go back to him. Jesus now has the power of, of both those things. And all those things happen at Calvary's cross. That power over sin is now, guess what? The power over sin, it, can't, it doesn't have to lead you into destruction anymore. Because before, we were all led away by sin's power. We had no, no choice. But now we have power that's operating on the inside of us. So that we do not have to be drugged away by the lust and the desires of sin and the flesh nature. And I want you to just go to uh, uh, Romans 6 with me. I'm going to catch up with you there. I want to say a few things. To be crucified, this was done as a punishment for wrongdoing. Jesus took on the sins of the world. He was without sin and he was made sin. He took on the took on the sin of the world. And I, I don't want to offend anyone, but not so you can have a bigger house. Not so you can have a bigger car. Not so you can get the best paying job. But he took on the sins of the world to redeem, to buy you back to our creator, to our Lord, to our Savior. He, I mean, to buy you, to, to, to redeem us back to God. We are now one with God. We are not more uh, enemies with God. God so loved us that he sacrificed his only begotten son that we can be redeemed. And how dare we go and seek the temporal things of the world? Because these things are so temporal. You can't take them with you. You will not take these things with you. But this eternal life that only Jesus himself offers through that cross. Come on. That is where you and I, we need to 
proclaim. That's what we need to proclaim to the lost. Not judge them because they may be in a place right now that, you know, they don't look like the power of God is working in their lives. But let me tell you what. The moment they believe on Jesus and we begin teaching truth in our churches, we begin to just um, continue to just break the word of God down so that they can understand. Wait, all this power is living on the inside of me? Wait. Though I have fleshly desires, I don't have to be led by my flesh. Wait. Though I'm my flesh is screaming to go out and do this thing, I don't have to do it anymore. Yeah, when you learn about the power of God that is operating on the inside of you, and you begin to allow the word to quicken, to, to take root in you, to plant in you, you stop allowing the enemy to lead you, to, to distract you. Your ears will begin to open. Your eyes will begin to open. Your heart will begin to open. And that's what the Word of God does. We don't need program. We programs. We don't need religion. We don't need tradition. Jesus said himself. He said the traditions of man make the Word of God of no effect. So guess what? We need the Word of God so that the effects of the Word can take place in our lives. We need God's word to take place in our lives. There is no power in the eloquence of man's wisdom and speech. There's no power in that. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verses 17 and 18. Paul comes out and says, The wisdom of man's word adds no benefit. Oh yeah, you can use ten, you know, five-letter uh, syllable words. But that has no benefit if it doesn't line up with the word of God. It doesn't. Because it has no power to change you spiritually. We can't seek after things that, you know, a lot of times by association, you know, your pastor, your first lady, your, your woman of God, whoever you're, lead, you know, sitting under, you know, sometimes we just want to be associated, but we got to be associated with this word. We got a lot of word to wrap all around us because it's the word that brings that, that, that transformation to your spiritual life. See, God is coming for a church that is spiritually mature. He's not looking for the, un, the unwise. He, he's looking for those that that truly know him and know his word to be true. You know, for like philosophical skills, that can't save you. Paul Paul preaches about that. You know, Paul even talked about, you know, there was a, a dispute going on with, 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 with Paul and, and Apollos and how eloquent Paul uh, Apollos was. And, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, read the, read, read the uh, epistle of Paul. You know, Paul was looked at as being very common. And a lot of times people are like, oh, well, they look too common for God to work through them. God will work through a donkey. God will work through anyone who will yield and surrender and proclaim his word. So we can't get it mixed up on what it looks like because it's what God said. You know, the pompousness or a show of deep reasoning. You know, we got some people that very, you know, uh, animated. You know, I'm being animated right now, but it's the, you know, that in and of itself doesn't change, but the power of the spoken word is what changes. Don't get caught up in how someone can entertain you with a, you know, I don't want to fend with a hoop or a holler, but let a, let a word come between a hoop and a holler because it's the word that's going to bring spiritual maturity. We're not sent to entertain. We are sent to save lives. Every preacher needs to be concerned about every soul that sits under their voice, that hears the word of God. And only God's word and preaching the truth and preaching Christ, his, his burial, his, his cross crucifixion, his death and his burial and his resurrection, that's what changed lives. Light shows don't change lives. Smoke shows don't change lives. Theatricals don't change lives. But God's word changed lives. Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians um, 17, I'm, I'm sorry, verse 23. He says, preach Christ crucified. That's what we preach, Christ crucified. On the day of repentance, when the, when the uh, apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit and there was evidence of tongues and the power of God just just came and 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 pulled men into seeing what God was doing in the earth realm and God used uh Peter a cousin you know Peter who the self-appointed spokesman to to speak on the crucifixion of Christ 
He didn't send him to give you 10 steps for this, that, and the other. But when you know Christ crucified, come on, then all these other things that you need to happen in your life, God begins to move and move and move and change and rearrange and deliver and set free because that's who he is. He is a deliverer. He's the one that sets free. He's the one that makes whole. He's the one that makes whole. So the, biz, the business of the church is to display the banner of the cross. To display the banner of the cross. And invite others under the same banner that you and I have been graced under. We are saved by faith through grace, not of any works of our own, but it is God's work. We can't boast about what he's done and doing in our lives. So we have to um, display the banner of the cross, the grace of God, the mercy of God to all those that we love, those that we don't love. Every time we get an opportunity, as Paul told uh, 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 Timothy, he said, be ready with the word. Be ready. Preach in season. Preach out of season. When people don't want to hear, be ready. Be ready with the word. Galatians 6, 4 and 14 tells us, but far, you know what happened in Galatians, you know, this is what happens in the church. You know, we come in and we get excited. We're on fire about God and, and, and Jesus and we're so excited about our salvation. But then what happens is, you know, we get a little comfortable. You know, we, we let the carpet settle under our feet. You know, we stop going out to those who, who else need the word. We let the carpet settle and we get comfortable. And you know what we do when we get comfortable? We start critiquing the man or woman of God. You know, we know a little bit of word and then we start critiquing the man or woman of God. Let me tell you, God gave the fivefold ministry for the equipping of the saint, for the work of the ministry. Come on, till we all come together in the unity of faith. So there's a level of anointing that all of us have. But let me tell you what, we need to go back to respecting the, the fivefold ministry again because God has placed life in their mouths. And a lot of us are sitting in some, some powerful deliverance ministry. And that is a reason that we sent, we're sent to those ministries. But always sit up under a, a ministry that you can be taught the word of God. I don't want to go nowhere that somebody entertain me. Because I'll go to a concert to be entertained. I'll go watch me some Tyler Perry to be entertained. I don't go watch that to get saved. I just go and watch that because he's in the entertainment business. That's what he's in. He's in the entertainment business. So when we, we look at, go back to Galatians 6 and 14, write this down. The, 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 the people of God had believed on Jesus. They had believed on his, um, his, his crucifixion at the cross, his burial, his resurrection. And then again, the carpet set in their feet. Guess what they started to do? They started to go back to the old. See, saints of God, the enemy always want you to get comfortable so you can stay in the old when God want to continue to bring new to your life. He wants to continue to transform your life so you cannot stay in the old. So they wanted to go back under law, law, law under the law, and Paul had to explain. You know, when, when, with the law, you know every letter of it. You, you gotta, you gotta do everything up under. But let me tell you what: under this dispensation of the of, of grace, guess what? Come on, you gotta thank God for mercy, because we know that that thank God for positioning us. We we've been redeemed redeemed positionally in Christ. But this, this, this time that we're living in right now, we are still being saved. That don't mean you ain't saved. Yeah, you regenerated. But let me tell you what, your, your mind, come on, your acts, your actions, you know, your all that stuff, God is still working all that stuff out. You are still being saved. He is still working out your, your, your deliverance in some areas. So Paul reminds them, he says, this is what Paul says. Paul says, See, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't care how many degrees you get. I don't care how many doctors come behind your name, masters, BSs, certification. Let me tell you what. 
Paul says this, and he was, Paul was a student of the word of God. He was taught by Gamaliel. You know, he was, he was, he, he, he had excelled in his education. But Paul said this, he recognized this because he knew the grace of God. He knew the grace of God in allowing Jesus to go to the cross. He said, far be it from me to boast in anything except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if Paul was boasting in Jesus Christ with all of his excellence, accolades, all of his academics, you know, I don't know, you know, physically what he looked like. The Bible talks about, you know, again, that came against the way Paul looked. Paul didn't, Paul didn't look like he had the, he should have been walking with that power. But when he opened his mouth and proclaimed the word of God, look, it wasn't about what it looked like. It was what the spirit of God was doing through him. Paul said, I can't boast in it. He said, this is what he said. He said, I'm only going to boast in one thing, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom the world has been crucified to him. He says, and I to the world. And what does crucifixion mean but to die? To die to yourself. To die to the ungodly things that, you know, iniquity has placed, you know, all in all of us. Because we're born into sin and shaping into iniquity from our mother's womb. That, that, that's what the scriptures say. So we all come out on the same, um, same level in this playing field. But we got to recognize I got to die to it. And there's power on the inside of me to help me, to help me overcome traditions and religions cannot transform life only the word of god galatians 2 and 20 also says that uh paul says he says i have been crucified paul reminds himself daily that he's dead to the desires of his flesh that's what the crucifixion did it gave us power power to now not be led by the desires of our flesh that's what the cross did it gave us power to now not be led in our sin nature. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ that is in him. Ephesians tells us, us we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're seated in him, in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. And that means, guess what? We're dead to ourselves and we're alive in him. We've been made alive in him. And he says, uh, Paul continues in Galatians 2 and 20. He says, I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ is alive in you. The anointed one is alive in you. And when you speak that word, when you speak the word of God, it's the power of God that activates and uh, put the power of the spoken word into the hearts and the ears of anyone who hears you. Don't feel like you're insignificant. The enemy want to have all of, all of the people of God feeling less than. We are not less than because there is a power. The power of Christ is living on the inside of all of us. Hallelujah to that. Somebody needs to say hallelujah to that. Because some of you might be listening today and feel like you don't have anything that, that anyone wants to hear. But you have life in your mouth. There is life in your mouth. You know Christ. You've been saved. You've been born. You've been, you've been walking uh, out the things of God for a long time. You know, again, don't let the grass grow up under your foot. That means don't stay in one place uh, long enough, you know, thinking about what you think you can't do. Be active and busy in spreading the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And I want to finish reading that, that, that out what Paul says. Paul says, he says, the life I now live in the body, he says, I live it in faith. The life I live now in the body, I live it in faith by adhering to and relying on and completely trusting, trusting in the Son of God. And we have to do that. Who loved me. I love that. The love of God cannot be measured in the way it, I don't even have the word. It cannot be measured, but it can be felt. It can be expressed. He took action. His love, he took action on how much he loved us. Paul says, who loved me and gave himself up for me. 
He gave himself up for you and me that we can have life and have it more abundantly. And, and, and Paul reminds us that, you know, that we are a new creation, which means we have a new birth. We are, we are now new. We are now new. We have had a spiritual transformation. Now, we've had a spiritual transformation when we believed on Christ. But we are still being saved because we got some attitudes that God needs to work out through his spoken word. And he put a new nature on the inside of us. You know, I often share with Kingdom when, when the Lord called me. At first I was a Sunday school teacher. And, and one of the things he said, he says, learn of my love. And you know, as, as one of the teachers, you know, I went and I took the concordance. And I, I took every scripture on it. And, and I had a head knowledge. But it wasn't a heart thing. Because I still didn't love right. And I, I tell you to this day. If it wasn't for the power of God activated on the, from the inside of me, I wouldn't be able to love the way God tells us to love. Because I've had people talk about me. I have people lied on me. I've had people, I'm telling you what, the enemy will put people in your face when he know your Achilles heel. Guess what? He'll put those people around you so you can keep focusing on your weakness. But let me tell you what the Word of God did. It transformed my thinking. I don't look at what people say or do or, you know, come or whatever. But whatever God leads you to do. But I look at the spoken Word knowing that, that this Word is in my mouth. That the enemy, he's going to bring an attack. Don't get mad when they come against you. Come on, get glad about it. Because there's something that, that God wants to get through you. Let me tell you what. If you learn the love for the enemy, those who, who spite Despitefully use you, despitefully use you, pray for them. And don't go tit for tat. Don't go tit for tat. You don't need to do that. You just keep on loving them. And let me tell you what. The Lord said to me one day, He said, You know, He said, You don't have to fight like that. You don't have to fight your battles like that. He says, just love. And so He told me to, to learn of His love. And I, 1 Corinthians 13, went all through Old Testament, New Testament, took my Greek out, my Hebrew out, took all of that out, and it was head knowledge. And then God said, okay, now I want you to start demonstrating this love. He said, now I want you to start giving. Giving out your finances. Giving out your time. Giving out everything that I've given you. And then love began to just take root in my heart. I kept asking God, God, you got to help me because this isn't something I can do. Even in my giving, it still wasn't enough. It still didn't. I still didn't feel like I, I knew there were areas where I could not love. And so I kept asking God. Remember I showed you last week. You can ask. You can seek. You can knock. You can keep on asking God. God said something to me. He said, no of my love. And I was determined to hold on to God until I began to understand. Not, I can't tell you that I understand it in the vastness of God. But I can tell you that he did something on the inside of me. He moved from his, his anointing came on with me one day. And I, I, I'll never forget that this is like it was yesterday. And it's been almost 20 years. Years ago, and I was coming home from a class. I was I was in school and I was driving. I was singing, you know, First Corinthians thirteen, and I kept asking God, God, I want to know what this love that you told me about you. And, and and the power of God just moved on me. He moved on me while I was driving. I had to. It was so intense. I moved over. I drove my car over, and I began to weep like never before. And you know, while I was weeping, I was letting go of people that held me bondage, and then I held bondage. I began to weep. I began to repent. I began to ask God for mercy. I began to say, God, I, I just saw him. I, 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 after that, after that, that time on the side of the road, just allowing God to just, to just, just refresh me with his, with his presence. I have never been the same. I don't look at things like I used to in judgment. But I look at them in merciful eyes to, because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. How dare we? When we move from the cross, we begin to stay judgmental. But we got to move back to the cross because he died for one and he died for all. The church needs to say hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was crucified for all. He, he, the, the, his crucifixion broke that power of sin over our lives. And I thank God for that today. I want you to go with me to Romans 6. 
Go with me to Romans 6. And, and I want you to read all of the uh, uh, of, of Romans um, because that, that passage is, is so powerful to help us to know that we got a common enemy. Uh, we got a common, common enemy and he, he deals with us in our thought life. He deals with us in our flesh life. But God deals with us through the spirit. And I always say this because this is what the Spirit of God taught me. You got to calm all the outside external things. Calm your spirit and get to where you can hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you through all the uh, angst and the anxieties and, and, and all of the you know depression, whatever that you're going through. Get quiet. Get into a place where you begin to just, just seek the face of God and, and, and you know, just... Just I, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna leave this place until you bless me. You know God, we got to do some 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 of what um what what what, what was it uh, uh the, the third son of Jacob? You know God, I'm I'm not gonna let go until you bless me. I'm not gonna let go. And yeah, you're still gonna have some some issues, some itchies, and this that and the other. But don't let go until He blesses you. Don't let go until He bless you. Know that we're dealing with our human nature. We're dealing with our human nature, but we are spiritually regenerated. But we're dealing with our human nature and old self, um, our old nature. But we're not dealing with this without the Holy Spirit. Romans 6 says this, 6 and 6. We know that our old self, our human nature, without the human spirit was nailed to the cross with him. Wait a minute. Your old self was nailed to the cross with him? Yeah, it doesn't matter what you feel, but what he says is your old self was nailed. Yeah, while you and I were yet in sin, he died for us. And he placed us in a position of power, seated in him. So when your old self began to just rile up again, you put it up under subjection of the word. So we were nailed with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we no longer so that we no longer be slaves to sin. You have been liberated by the cross. You have been liberated, set free by the cross, by the power of that cross in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the persons of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have been set free from the power of sin. You've been set free. I've been set free. So just because you got an inch don't mean it got to get tickled. Because you have to die daily to fleshly desire. And now we're able to. Because of Jesus Christ. The power of the cross, the power of the cross is God's power to also not just spiritually change us, transform us, but also to change our human condition, our sinful nature. But we got to be partakers. We have to be active, pursuers of the word and sit, let that settle in this earth suit. The powerful word of God, because it will then begin to manifest in our lives. We got to know him. You know, when you go back to um, 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 Acts chapter two, um, there is a, a psalm in there, Psalm 16 and 11. And God gave David a revelation of the cross way back in the old. When you read that, read that passage and I'm going to read that really quick with you. I want to go to the book of Acts chapter 2 where this is when the Holy Spirit had come and had the day of Pentecost and <clears throat> um, what's his name? Um, Peter began to proclaim he began to proclaim, pro proclaim the cross now. He proclaiming the cross. But in this, Peter goes all the way back to old to show how both the old and the new always point to the cross. Peter said this about David. For David says of him, he's talking about Christ. 
I saw the Lord constantly before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken from my state of security. Let me tell you what. You want to be uh, secure? You want to be at peace? It's all in him. It's all in Christ. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue exalted exceedingly. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope that this will encamp, that, 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 I'm sorry, that this will encamp in anticipation of the resurrection. Paul, I mean, uh, David said, you know what? I know I'm going to die. But I know that when he is resurrected, talking about Christ, I'm going to be resurrected. So this gave David hope. For you will not forsake me and abandon my soul to Hades, the realm of the dead, nor let your Holy One undergo decay after death. You have made known to me the ways of life. You have filled me, infusing my soul, taking you out that fear realm of your soul, with, he says, with joy, with your presence. So David is like, wait, he got a revelation of the cross, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and he knew that in him, Christ was the first born from the dead, that we also shall get up. And that's why there's so much power in that cross. And we can't forget it and exchange it for no any bunnies, right? We can't exchange it for, for the eggs, you know, the pastel colors. I know, but the children, but the children, but the children have to go the same way up under the cross. They have to know the same truth up under the cross. They got to come to the cross. Don't let the enemy tell you you're depriving your children when you don't give them an egg or this, this fable, all this stuff that tries to take the power away from the cross. No, you got to empower them that know, hey, this is about our Savior. This is about the fact that he, he took on the sins of the world, died, buried, resurrection, so that we can live. That's what it's about. We have to know Jesus as both Lord. You know why I say I, I, I title this both Lord and Savior? Lord means ownership. Lordship, that means he that you have ownership. He is both Lord and Savior. Um, Acts 2, I want you to read Acts 2, uh, chapter 1 through 41. And 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 when when you when you when you summarize, there are many, there's a lot of meat texture in there, but but primarily, principally. Peter, through the unction of the Holy Spirit, is preaching the Christ crucified. That is what wins souls to the kingdom. That is what, this word is what changes lives. So I want to, in closing, remind you, and, and, I, and this is not just for the ordained, this is for the people, the church of God. Preach the word. Proclaim Jesus. Be ready in season. Be ready out of season. Allow a refreshing of the Holy Spirit to just come back into your heart like never before. Allow Him, the Spirit of God, to just refresh your souls, to refresh you, just refresh you from the inside, to remind you who you are, whose you are, and the power that's on the inside of you. You are not insignificant to God. All of us. All of us. He so loved the world. That he showed his love by giving Jesus Christ. So as we're getting ready to approach Resurrection Sunday. Don't get busy in preparation of the activities. But allow the Spirit of God to re-illuminate the Word of God back into our hearts concerning the power of that cross. Concerning the power of the death, burial, and the resurrection. Allow the foundation of our hope to be the first thing. Don't get busy like Martha. And Jesus said this so plainly. She was getting ready for Him to come and visit. But Mary chose the better things. She said, I want to be with him. 
I want to hear what he has to say. I want to hear every word that comes out of his mouth. I want to I, I, I wanna take that in. I can get busy. No. I, I want to get busy hearing. And I want to get busy doing. In the name of Jesus. And I just want to pray for all of you that, that have stayed through the, uh, the, the teaching for this Sunday. I want to just bless you in the name of the Lord. I just want to empower you. I empower you. I decree and declare that your prayer life and, and your study life is again, begin, it's getting ready to change like never before. That God will awaken you in the midnight hour. That he will stir your faith again. That he will stir your hunger again. That as you're seeking for him, he is not hiding. That he will make his presence known. That he will make his presence known like never before in the name of Jesus. And that he will quicken you in his word. Because we're living in a time now that the word needs to be quickened on the inside of us. That the spirit of God will quicken. That he will bring understanding to you. In these in these latter days, where you've struggled before, that God and it took you a, a, a you know a drip and a drip and a drip, that God will begin to flood you, that He will begin to flood you with His wisdom, that He will begin to flood you with His knowledge, that He will begin to flood you with understanding, that He will quicken you, and that you will proclaim His word like the apostles did with boldness, that you will proclaim His word with faith, that you will proclaim His word and and, and not get so caught on you know how. You your memory, but no, it's the power of God that's bringing this word back to your remembrance. Because Jesus said, when the Spirit of God comes to you, that He's gonna bring these things back to you that you've heard. So everything that you've heard, I decree and declare that when when you yield to the leading of the power of God and not in your own strength, that the power of God He will bring this word back to your remembrance. And you know that it is not a man, but you will know that it is the power of God. And when you know it's the power of God, I remind you that. Give God all the glory. Give God all the glory. And God, we just praise you right now. And we just thank you right now for this time of fellowship through the media, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you right now. And we thank you, a God that never gives up on you, on us. You, you're a God that never fails. And we thank you, God, that you will perfect that thing that pertains to us, God, until Jesus comes. And we give you glory. We give you glory. And I want to remind all those who are not familiar with our ministry. We are located in Aiken, South Carolina, 1054 Reynolds Pond Road, Kingdom Harvest Worship Center. Thank you for joining us. I am Apostle Stephanie McLeod, my husband, Apostle Callum McLeod. He's an apostle of worship. And, and I just want you to continue to pray for us, pray for each other, pray for uh, this pandemic that's going on. We know that God will be glorified in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to keep on praising. Amen. Amen.